what's the tallest mountain in the world? If you said Mount Everest, you'd be wrong. Now, before you send me an email, listen to what I said. The tallest, not the highest. That honor goes to Mount Mauna Kea in Hawaii. Nearly 14,000 feet above sea level, this volcano is not even half as high as Everest. But go beneath the Pacific, and you'll see Mauna Kea has another 19,000-plus feet hiding. And recently, two explorers scaled this 33,000-and-a-half-tall mountain. They started at the base in a submarine, then biked and hiked to the top, the final part through the snow at the summit. Both explorers said it wasn't easy, but it was worth it. Too often, we think of God like a mountaintop, too high to reach. Thankfully, Jesus came down to us to provide a better way. The Christian life isn't easy, but so worth it when lived by faith in Christ. Welcome to Haven Today. Here it is Friday. I'm Charles Morris sharing the great story that's all about Jesus. And we're wrapping up a two-week-long series called The Deep, Deep Love of Jesus. I've never met a Christian who didn't care about their spiritual health. Every time I travel, I meet Christians from all over the world. And it doesn't matter if you're from Nigeria or Hong Kong. If you're a Christian, you want to grow. You want to bear fruit to honor the Lord with your life. Every Christian I've ever met cares about their spiritual life. But sadly, I have met many Christians who simply don't know where growth comes from. They don't know how to grow or mature as a Christian. Many Christians believe that growth comes from us, that we have to try hard or do better to make sure we get our sin under control, and if we do that, we'll be able to bear fruit. We've been told in so many ways that even though we're saved by grace alone, through faith in Christ alone, that staying in God's good graces and bearing fruit is something we have to do on our own. The Lord brings us in, but we need to work hard to stay. But the Bible doesn't teach this. The more we look to Scripture to better know Jesus and how the Holy Spirit works, we see that He saves us and He sanctifies us. Sure, there's a place for us to actively fight sin and to choose to do right, but we can only do this in the power of the Spirit. Not too long ago, I was talking with my brother, Pastor Dane Ortland, outside Chicago on this subject, and he shared this helpful nugget with me about how we grow as a Christian. C.S. Lewis has a great place in one of his letters where he says, stop peeping under the bandage at the wound mm-hmm. and let, <laughs> let it get healed. Stop, look, <laughs> stop looking inside and saying, you know, oh, how am I doing? How am I growing? Am I really saved or not? Yes, you have texts like 2 Corinthians 13, 5, examine yourselves, see if you are in the faith. But for every one of those, there's 25 places in the New Testament where it says, look to Christ, um, looking unto Jesus, uh, setting your minds on things above, uh, and so on. So for every one look at yourself, take 10 looks at Christ, was Robert Murray McShane's famous advice. And I think that's good counsel. And as you look at Christ in the scripture, in the sacrament, speaking with other believers in prayer, as you look to Christ, uh, he will settle our hearts. He does not want us to stay riddled with anxiety. He understands how we feel, and he will he will care for us in his own way. Pastor Dane Ortland, the author of the new book called Deeper, Real Change for Real Sinners. 
In a moment, we're going to turn to the book of Galatians. We're going to think about what it means to walk with the Lord, to walk in the Spirit, and to walk by faith. It's so important that Christians understand these truths. Even more, it's downright liberating. And then after the program, I'd like to send you a copy of Dane's book or audiobook for your gift to the ministry, Deeper. It's a very helpful book that's meant a lot to me the last few weeks. It'll show you how you can find real change in your life by looking to Jesus. You can call us after the program, and the number is 800 654 2836, 865 Haven, or visit our website, read a sample chapter from the book there, or you can even listen to a few minutes of Dane reading from his book, and you can do that and make a gift when you visit haventoday.org, haventoday.org. And the special thanks to David in Ohio and Jennifer in Alabama, who recently signed up to become Haven Partners. This is somebody that agrees to pray regularly and give automatically monthly to help us keep sharing Christ with others around the world. What about you? Ask about becoming a Haven Partner when you call us. Read about it when you go online. And now, let's open the program. Somebody we're listening to a lot these days on this program of Haven Today, Shane and Shane. Are you thirsty? Spirit moving, mercy. 
Living Water as the deer. Lyrics taken from one of the Psalms opening this haven today. I'm Charles Morris, the deep, deep love of Jesus. And that was Shane and Shane opening the program. How does a Christian grow in their faith? Sometimes we feel as if the Lord brought us into faith, but now it's up to us to stay in the faith. That can leave you confused, even disoriented when it doesn't work. I can't tell you how many times I've fallen into this trap for a season, thankfully, but still working as hard as I could to be faithful, to produce fruit, to serve the Lord, only to just fall flat on my face. Sin can surprise us with how long it will wait before pouncing and showing us our own weakness. The Lord didn't call us just to put us in this cycle of hard work, failure, and disappointment. Falling flat is good for us because it turns us back to Him. But sometimes trying really hard can leave you arrogant. We haven't fallen on our face yet, so we must be doing something right. So we keep trying harder keep depending on ourselves to bear fruit. And we begin to see other people as less spiritual than us, less holy than we are. We begin to look down on others. The Apostle Paul described this condition as being puffed up. And I can't imagine a better image than that. We become like puffer fish. In reality, we're weak and we're small, but we puff up with pride and try to intimidate everyone around us. It's a facade, of course. It's not real, but it looks convincing. And we might start believing we really are big and strong. Trying really hard leaves one discouraged when we fail. It leaves us arrogant when we think we've succeeded. In reality, it's just because we haven't failed yet. But either way, trying really hard to stay in and bear fruit is not the way the Lord has called us to live. When he wrote the book of Galatians, Paul was thinking about this very same issue. How do Christians grow in the Lord? How do they then bear fruit? Is it all dependent on what they do or how hard they try? The Galatians had started to think that way, and Paul didn't mince words. He didn't waste any time writing to them to lay out a better way, the Jesus way. Right off the bat, in verse 6, he says, I'm astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you to live in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel, which is really no gospel at all. Strong words from Paul to this early church. They are embracing a different gospel, he tells them. Ancient Greek had two words for different. One of the words meant different of a different kind, like comparing apples to oranges. The other meant different of the same kind, like comparing Honeycrisp apples to Red Delicious. Paul says here that there is not another gospel of the same kind, but the Galatians were turning to a gospel of a different kind. They were turning to an orange, but the gospel is an apple. They were giving up the true gospel for a counterfeit gospel. Paul wasn't just being critical. He was concerned for their very spiritual life. They were abandoning the true gospel. They were adopting something of a different kind altogether. But what was it? Thankfully, Paul didn't deal in abstracts. He told them, and he tells us explicitly what he meant. 
After sharing his own testimony, chapter 3 picks it up again. You foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? Before your very eyes, Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed as crucified. I would like to learn just one thing from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by believing what you heard? Are you so foolish? After beginning by means of the Spirit, are you now trying to finish by means of the flesh? Have you experienced so much in vain, if it really was in vain? So again I ask, does God give you his Spirit and work miracles among you by the works of the law, or by your believing what you heard? Now if you're joining me right now and you're a pastor, I wouldn't recommend following Paul here in every case of error that you might see in your church. We know this wasn't Paul's typical tone, but this was an extraordinary case. Heresy, in the real sense of the word, was running through the church. The Galatians were being tricked by false teachers. They were leaving the true gospel of grace. They were exchanging it for a gospel that said you needed to really try harder or else you couldn't be saved. Paul asked, did you receive the Spirit by works or by faith? And that really is the question. How did you get in? How did you receive forgiveness? How did you come to be united to the Lord Jesus by faith? The answer to all of these is simple. The Spirit, the Holy Spirit, the one Jesus said would come and lead us into the truth, the one who would bring all the blessings of salvation into our hearts. We receive the Spirit. We don't achieve the Spirit. And if it's true that our entire life in the Lord was received by faith, and that the Spirit dwells in our heart by faith, then why do we think it's our job to finish the task? In one of his other letters, letter Philippians, Paul said clearly that God will finish the good work that he began in us. Now think about that for a moment. The Lord promised for hundreds and hundreds of years that the Messiah would come to rescue. Jesus, the Son of God, did come to earth and he lived life in our place, and he died in our place, and he rose from the dead to rescue us in our place. The Spirit gives us these blessings. It's all the Lord. Why would it suddenly change to being all about us? This is why Paul was so frustrated. There was this different gospel being sounded, but what is the solution? Listen to Paul again, this time in Galatians 5. So I say, Walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. That is something that makes me want to read every day when I get out of bed. Walk by the Spirit, walk by faith, receive His love and His daily guidance. We're tempted day by day to live for ourselves, to earn our own keep. But Paul doesn't say any of that. He says, rest in the Spirit. We live the Christian life with empty hands. 
open and ready to receive from the Lord. Instead of turning to our own abilities and holiness, we turn to the Lord through the Spirit. We keep in step with Him, and when we do, we bear fruit. The Spirit leads us to Christ, the living Word, who sows the gospel into our hearts, and the Spirit is the living water who makes us grow and then bear fruit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, self-control. These are things every Christian wants, and they're ours, but not because we're strong enough to achieve them. They're ours because we trust in Christ, and the Spirit works through our faith to produce them. So trust in Jesus. Look to Him, and look to His Word, and watch the Spirit work in your life. And since we live with the Spirit, let's keep in step with the Spirit. If we took that verse to heart, I truly believe we would see our churches united. No longer would we compare ourselves to others based on what church they go to or how holy they may seem to us. We would rejoice that the Spirit is in us, working by faith, helping us look more and more every day like our Savior Jesus. We would rejoice that the Spirit is leading us deeper and deeper into the bottomless love of Jesus. Oh, the deep, deep love of Jesus, vast unmeasured, boundless free, rolling like a mighty ocean.
our series last week and this week was based on the title of this hymn, The Deep, Deep Love of Jesus. I hope you listen to them. Tis a haven sweet of rest. Oh, the deep, deep love of Jesus. Truly, the love of Jesus is a haven of rest, which is exactly what our radio program has been all about since 1934. The hymn was written in 1875 by a man who almost took his own life until he met Jesus. And you can sense his heart of gratitude for the love of Jesus, even as you hear a more modern version that was sung for us by Brian Dirksen. Well, I'm Charles Morris. You're listening to Haven Today. And today, we've been talking about how Christians grow in their walk with the Lord. Many will say it's purely by effort, your own effort, your own willpower. Go to a local bookstore, if you still have one, or look on Amazon. I guarantee you there's a book with five or seven or ten steps to a better walk with Jesus. And it will be all about looking to yourself. But in Dane Ortland's new book called Deeper, Real Change for Real Sinners, he makes the case, and he makes it well, that sanctification doesn't happen by doing more or becoming better, but by better understanding our eternal union with Jesus himself. The more we ponder the wondrous gospel truths that washed over us when we were first saved, then the more we will see change in our lives. That's the message every Christian needs. You need it. I need it. Call us right now. Get a copy of the book by Dane Ortland called Deeper. And the number you can call is 800 654 2836 865 Haven or go to our website read a sample chapter listen to an excerpt from the audiobook read by Dane Ortland watch the short video we put up with Dane and our web address is haventoday.org haventoday.org and then as we have to go in just a second a special thanks to Sylvia in California and Pamela in West Virginia They heeded the call, my invitation, to join us as a Haven partner. This is someone who agrees to pray regularly and give automatically monthly to help others walk in step with the Spirit. What about you? When you call us, ask about becoming a Haven partner or read about it when you go there to our website. I'm Charles Morris. Thank you so much for joining me. Won't you come back again next time? And again, we'll share together the great story. It's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. If you've ever been around children, you know that they have a hard time with delayed gratification. Walk through a grocery store, or especially walk through a toy store, everything they see they want it's hard to convince them they need to wait and if they wait they might get something even better better is a definitive word that the book of hebrews uses to describe the coming of christ chapter 8 6 says that jesus salvation is enacted on better promises the people who were waiting for the lord to speak might have been tempted to trust in what they knew but those who waited received something much better same with us If we get too impatient, we might miss the better promises from Jesus. 
you need to spend time with Jesus every day. Visit GetAnchor.com.